Welcome to Secrets, the recent winner of the Black Podcasters Listeners Love Award, where KP and PR share their knowledge and experiences in corporate America to advocate for creating generational wealth for the village. Here's how our listener describes Secrets. Keith and Ricky talk about everything in the workplace and beyond that you've always wanted to know about but never really felt comfortable asking. From microaggressions to being your authentic self to systemic racism, KP and PR provide some of the most excellent career advice on the market. And in season six, these brothers will continue coming with hot fire on how to stay on code and trying to reach and exceed your career aspirations, how to use your power and privilege for good, and how to survive the same old corporate performative acts. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, want to challenge you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. So fill up those cups and welcome to season six. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Secrets. KP, what is happening with you, my brother? How are you doing today, Ricky? I'm doing all right, but I am honestly feeling some kind of way today. And I know you just recently lost your mom after having just recently lost your dad, too, like a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. And also recently myself just lost an uncle, lost an aunt earlier this year. And, you know, I know we've both had friends also that have lost some folks, Mm -hmm. you know, just recently. And all of this just got me thinking about how corporate America just responds, or I should say doesn't respond well Mm -hmm. to when we have deaths in our family, right? And the impact of that death is a whole different scenario for communities of color, especially black folk. It's just a whole different ball game, right? Yeah, I mean, look, we've talked about, talked a lot actually about external static and we went in too particular about that in season one. Yeah. And the death of a family member, man, it just creates lots of static for black people in so many ways, we right? Sure like it's we like sure do. outside of the book, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the policy, it's just so many things that folks really just don't have, they never really pay attention to. Yeah, it's not to. a sensibility to it. Right, right. Whether it's... um. It's a death from a prolonged illness or an unexpected death. Like the grief still hits us differently, depending on the level of responsibility, you know, that we have like in our families or the level of burial preparation mm-hmm. that's been made, mm-hmm. you know, prior yeah. to like yeah. this, all of this stuff, you know, we have to think about in terms of giving like a family member a proper burial. Absolutely. Cause okay? it can just pop up on you. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and don't let it be the end of the month. No, you know what I'm saying. Or the nope. beginning, like next to when something's due, you mm-hmm. know, because then you have decisions to make. And just think about the level of involvement. Just, just thinking about like the uh, this level of involvement, mm-hmm. it gets me like mentally tired again, yeah. right? Yeah, and leaves me with the question of when you have to do all of this stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. when do you actually get the chance to grieve? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a really, <laughs> no. it's a really, really good question because you know, in our situations, you know, we we have a large majority of our family members who are like in different states and mm-hmm. geographically dispersed all over the place. So that means you know, when when things happen and those bereavement policies that are in place where we can take two, three, four days off. It don't even allow you much time to like take care of any family business at all, especially if you're in a position like you or I, where we're probably the ones that's responsible for planning all the faith and bringing it all together um, at the end of the day. And let's not even get into the mix, you know, of a family member who may not be your your mother or father, but stepped in and played that surrogate role Mm -hmm. and raised you. They ain't, we don't even get credit from the bereavement leave right, at right. the end of the day because they don't count anymore, <laughs> yeah, right? So, yeah. 
in that case, you're lucky to get one or two days. Right. Or after you've shown some proof. After you know, you've shown we proof. Do sometimes have, you got to bring the certificate. Yeah, you got to bring in something. You got to bring a obituary or something like that. And then you you get, you know, some bosses who say, well, Keith, I don't see your name, you know, in the yeah. obituary. You're like, that don't mean that, 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 I, right. that I didn't have a relationship with them. That Absolutely. didn't mean that they, that they didn't raise me or whatever the case is. And look, man, and being on code, you know, for me means that, we're going to have to change our paradigm when it comes to bereavement leave and grief processing in companies, right? Which leads us to today's conversation, yeah, right? This, this, is gonna, this is going to be gonna a little be deep, right? Because yeah, yeah. we, we got some personal connection to this. But we're going to speak to grief and the impact it has on black communities. We will discuss a couple of popular grief models and how they show up every day. Hmm. We'll provide you with the receipts related to death and grief in the black community and in the workplace. And we'll close out with a double dose of secrets on how to personally respond to loss as it relates to work and what companies can do to create more humane policies and practices for its employees dealing with grief. I like it. So, KP, man, let's just jump on into this, man, because we both feeling it today. Yeah. And to build on what we've been talking about for the last few minutes, I just want to double click on that for a moment, you know. At the end of the day, you and I, we're, pr- we're very privileged and lucky, yeah. you know, when it comes to having to deal with death in our families, right? Our positional power and our economic status at least gives us a little bit of flexibility right. to be able to, like, alter our work schedules mm-hmm. or jump in at a moment's notice to, like, travel or be able to cover other expenses that may be coming up, you know, when a death occurs in our family. But that ain't the case with most people mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And being reflective— You know, I know especially a lot of black folks in other communities of color can't do what we're capable of doing Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, right? Many of us are kind of shackled by these archaic company policies that we were just talking about to give you one, two, Mm -hmm. three, four days off or having to live paycheck to paycheck. Right. So this could be a huge financial burden that totally impacts your generational wealth. And on top of that, it impacts your ability to like appropriately grieve and show, show up, you know, as our best. And, and, and and again, there really is no such thing as bereavement airfares. Yeah. No bereavement travel, you know, back in the day, Oh, just call and tell them they want to travel for a funeral. All this stuff. Yeah. And, and really how much of, of a discount do you get? I mean, the ticket's already high. No. And the fact that you that you have to get it at the last minute. That's right. They give you 10% off yeah, the yeah. highest airfare they can find. <laughs> exactly. It's a bunch of crap. You know, I mean, so again, we're talking about having to to alter your life, trying to figure out how to do everything that you need to do for the job and trying to get set up when death is not on the calendar. Right, not on like, the calendar. Like, it's not, you, you, don't, you don't put in... Well, somebody's right. going to die this week like you would PTO. Exactly. You know what exactly. I'm saying? You can't plan for it. So so look, KP, and when someone dies in our family, it just brings out like a lot of immediate stress, oh, sure does. right? Sure does. You and I are first-generation corporate professionals and first ones in our families to earn you know, this kind of money, yeah. six-figure salaries, yeah. right? Yeah, You know, as a result, our families depend on us a lot. A like, lot, a lot, yeah, lot. Not, not just a lot, a lot. Those all caps. <laughs> yeah, all caps. all caps, right? <laughs> I mean, look, Keith, at the end of the day, brother, we don't have inheritances. 
coming our way. Mm-mm. We don't have like property that's getting willed to us. If we do have some property, we're going to have to spend a whole bunch of money to fix, yeah, it, to up. fix it. You know all what I'm saying? The things. That's all right. of these things we have. And we have many family members who have little to no savings and most likely don't have life insurance mm-hmm. or insurance to cover funeral expenses or other other things that pop up. Other expenses, you know, entanglements, entanglements that we have to like all the things. That's right. <laughs> we have to do, right? You know, so like at the end of the day, in many cases, you know, we're left holding the bag yeah, and we have sure. to figure everything out. Okay. And again, KP, I know that we're we're blessed and very fortunate. Yeah, okay. We are. We to are. be able to help. But when we're faced with these types of dilemmas, do we really have a choice? Not at all. I mean not at all. Because just imagine if we said no, we're not stepping up. Yeah, well, even if we said no, you know what that would do to us oh, like yeah. mentally. Like, all, like, like exactly. It's gonna mess with you. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, right? And you know, when I think about do we really have a choice? I mean, these are the times when you just have to do what's required because you would definitely want people to come together on your behalf if it were needed, right? Yeah. yeah. We take the term village. Very serious. Oh, totally. Like when we talk about the Secrets Village, we serious about that. When we talk about the village of our, like our community of practice and whatnot, there's a reason. That's right. And this is the moment when the village is there for you. Yeah. One of those moments. And I remember when my grandma passed away, you know, everyone thought my grandma was rich, which was always funny to me Uh because, you know, she was able to pay off her house Mm -hmm. and she always had enough food to feed everybody if you showed up at her house or you know, she came through when he needed a few dollars to get you to the next pay period or whatever. Mm-hmm. She was able to do those things, you know, a little bit, not a lot. And so I was just feeling some kind of way when she passed. And I was kind of pissed off, actually, when, like, all these distant yeah. folks started showing up. Yep. They came to the funeral looking to cash in. Yeah. They're like, so I know, I know Miss Ava. Grandma, Auntie Ava, yeah, yeah. you know, got all this stuff, right? She didn't left us a little piece, too, right? Yeah. And I'm just like. If y'all get out of here, if y'all get out of here. But what they didn't know is my my grandmother actually had very little mm-hmm. by the time of her death, right? She she had blown through a little bit of savings and even gotten a reverse mortgage on the house to like help pay for me and my siblings to get through college. Yeah. yeah right. And help help help, help my family when they got into those little binds when mm-hmm. they had a bill due and couldn't pay it. The, the nickel and dimed or <laughs> nickel and dime didn't have nothing left. Didn't have nothing left, mm-hmm. right? And despite paying life insurance for over fifty years, it was barely enough to cover like a modest funeral. Right. Right. I remember sitting in the funeral home and they were like, the funeral's gonna be this much. And we already knew how much insurance coverage she had. It was like, well, damn, okay, that's gonna get like maybe a, a casket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But it ain't gonna do all the things that we need to properly do to send her home. Yeah, and and, and, and we're not even talking about going to the cemetery yet. Right. We're not even talking the burial about burial and all, yeah. all the other stuff. And the right? special encasement you gotta put mm-hmm. them in, you know, and all of that stuff. And even if you were trying to get uh, somebody cremated, that still costs money. It still costs money, just as much money. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day. So this meant that, you know, I had to come out of pocket unexpectedly, mm-hmm. right. right? To cover additional funeral costs, then I had to pay out this reverse mortgage. So we didn't lose our family property is our only family property. Your generational wealth. Right. That's right. Any potential. I mean, the house ain't worth that much, but right, it's right. something. Yeah, but she worked hard for she it. She worked hard for yeah. it. We, we're going to make sure that it stayed in the family. Right, right. right. We're going to lose it. So that just meant you're going to have to suck it up and figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. And look, I mean, we're talking about you know, some of those things that I refer to, like that you had to deal with reverse motion, I mean, those are entanglements. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we're talking about, again, you know, 
unwrapping the finances, trying to see what's going on. Then when you unwrap the finances, you see that cousin such and such been getting two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, you know from 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 granny, right? Mm-hmm. Or did mm-hmm. such and such owed us some money and never intended on paying it back, right? Yeah. You might end up, you know, there's other bills that come into play. So again, we're not even talking about the stress of of having to be off work and all of this other stuff. We're talking about just trying to figure out what's going on. Right. You know, so that ends up, you know, being a little bit of stress. And then let's think about, like, in my situation when my mother passed away just recently, my grandmother was living with my mom. My, yeah. my, like, that, she was yeah. responsible for, for, for my, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Now we got to figure out long-term care. Yeah. Like, can she come stay with one of us? Or mm-hmm. it, does she stay in long-term care? And, like, in, it, we talk about when your family don't have anything. Yeah. Like, we're talking about... Medicare or Medi-Cal or yep. whatever. Yep. There's a reason why we have a whole bunch of homeless people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like folks who work their tails off and can't afford life. and All can't afford life. to for long term care. If you didn't have any kids, yes. If you didn't have or grandkids, mm-hmm. you stuck. You stuck. You you you, stuck. you you basically Yeah, granny could be out on the street. Trying to figure it out, living, sleeping on people's couches or doing mm-hmm. something, right? I mean, right. so again, I think those are uh situations that that you know, kind of mind like then after you figure out all that stuff, mm-hmm. then you can grieve. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You might but, be able to grieve. But, but only after you get back to your manager about them TPS reports. Oh, absolutely. Okay. You, month they, end is on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. About That's them right. TPS. Look, I really hate to bother you, you know, Keith, but I'm really going to need to get get that report. I need that because yeah. it's urgent right now. Right, right. I don't That's really right. want to bother you, but can, can you get on email and respond to such and such? Yes. Like, again, we're talking about... All of the stuff, all the stuff that comes up as you're still like, because we we have to jump into action mode. Yes, okay, and take care of business. Totally, we we grieve later. Grieve later. We grieve later. And and again, I'm not even gonna put this on, you know, women or men. But I know for me, a lot of times I don't even have time to do all of that because you still oh, yeah. you got you got you in the moment. You, you got just business to take moment. care of. You got business to take care of. And people are like, oh, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Tell me what I can do to help. Yeah, you know, and it's like you you don't want to be rude, but at the end of the day, you you haven't really even had a chance to process right. this. That's right. No, it's true. It's true. And and to, and to bring it out a little bit, you know, in the black community, you know, the definition of family is, is expansive. Yeah. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, right? You know, like my grandmother helped raise me. She was my second mother. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, my uncle who recently passed away, you know, he lived with us for two years. Mm-hmm. He drove me to my baseball practices, came to my games. He even taught me how to drive. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, made sure I had a little extra change in my pocket, all those kinds of things, right? He was like another parent to me, mm-hmm. you know, especially since my mom, my mom was a flight attendant. She was gone three, four days a week, right, right. you know, so he was there caretaking at the end of the day. So, you know, many of our family friends are aunties and uncles, yeah. you know, they ain't blood, but they family nonetheless Right. at the end of the day. So when they go, we feel the same way. We feel that same amount of you know, energy and grief and everything that that goes along with it, you know. So, you know, but even like if the auntie passes, we ain't allowed to take off work to go honor them. Right. Because by the bereavement policy, they ain't blood. Yeah. They ain't family. Yeah. You you better hope it's on a Friday and you can take PTO for the rest of the the, day. That's right. So you can go to the funeral and to the repast and try to hang out with your family a little bit, you know, because... Because most of the times, if we're talking about empathy, yeah, like 
our bosses, like our coworkers, they don't understand. They don't understand that. That's like, why right. are you so upset, Keith? It wasn't like that with your mom. Exactly. It was not <laughs> like it was like one of your real relatives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, real. Real, right. Like, yeah, wow. Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, you don't even find out most times, most times, people that you didn't call uncles and aunts. Yeah. You don't even find out most times to maybe you... In your twenties or something, exactly. that really ain't you. They were not blood. Yeah, they ain't so, blood. So you don't now start calling them by their first name or hey, Miss Pat. Oh no, or, hey, not Miss, at all. Nope. It's still y'all. It's still I, I, because they'll whoop your ass just like your mama do. <laughs> Won't right? they? Though? Won't they? Do? <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. And even for the for the eligible blood relatives, we still may get three days of paid leave if we're lucky, and that's not even guaranteed. So you know. Like, it makes me question, what are we doing yeah. as a society? You know, it's like, where's the humanity in all of this when it comes to loss? But we're talking about three days of paid leave. Like, <laughs> and if you have to go from coast to coast, that's a day. That's a day. Okay. And depending on what and day. getting back is another day. Yeah. So depending on what day you get there, you're going to still have to take care of business. Right. Then you're going to have to sit there and write, uh, you know, be a part of writing an obituary. Mm-hmm. You're going to then have be a part of trying to get things planned and get clothes and find this, that, find paperwork. Bro, like th- three days ain't enough. It's never enough. And we're not even talking about grieving. We're like, we're That's not right. even talking about grieving. We're That's talking right. about handling business. Because even handling the business, it's still going to be days after that before you can have the funeral. Yeah. And they, you know, and all the other things. So it's like, what are we doing? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and look, man, in black grief, loss, and bereavement is a unique experience because, man, it's also against like the backdrop of our collective grief as people in America. Right. Like, yeah, and again, yeah, I know I'm true. getting deep. I know I'm getting deep go. with it, but, but go, go. it's like it's it's one more thing mm-hmm. that we have to deal with where we have been traumatized by centuries mm-hmm. of racialization and racist violence, which can lead to additional physical and mental health challenges. Yes, right. Is, yeah. now, now, again, it's hard enough to say you need some help. Yes. OK. Yep. But because we got to be tough. At all times. All the time. You know, we got to be all tough, you know, at all times, right? Think about slavery. Our families were pulled apart and we had to find new family. Yeah. Okay. Family that wasn't our blood exactly. relatives. We had to bond with somebody <laughs> to be <laughs> right. safe. Exactly. I mean, I'm talking about when I can, I look, when my dad, you know, got sick and, you know, I had to, I mean, literally. You were there I, I, all I, the time I, for I, months. I was, and I, and look. Deborah Yacht, that's my girl, man. Mm-hmm. She was like, Ricky, you don't worry about what's going on here. You you take care of your dad. You know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. you know, and she was able to to empathize because she had lost her father. Yeah. You know, some time ago. And she she had to go back and forth and she knew what that was mm-hmm. like. But I what I'll tell you is Nikki, the next door neighbor, Miss mm-hmm. Pat, two doors down, like all my, my aunties, yes. they made sure I was fed. We're yes. talking about the village. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not related to Miss Pat. No, Nikki. Not they at was all. making sure I was fed. Hey, is there something we can do for you? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that made all the, the difference. All, all, that, that extended family that we're talking about, you know, made it, you know, made a big difference, you know, there as we were talking about that extended family. Maybe that's why we have so many aunties, uncles, and cousins. Absolutely. You know, right? At the end of the day, it's the village. Like, we were publicly, I'm going to go back to it one more time here. Okay. But we, were public, we were publicly lynched during Jim Crow. So we quickly understood that any one of us was at risk for death at any moment in time without cause. Without okay? cause. And that understanding has led to a broader definition of family and community and 
the village. Yeah, yes. No. It's, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> totally, like, totally. I'm just trying to bring this full circle. You bring it full circle for people to preach. Yeah, yeah. You just took over my pastor yeah, role. Yeah, hey, look, <laughs> look. We don't call it the village for nothing. Not for nothing. That's right. And that's a good explanation of why events like the murder of Trayvon Martin or George Floyd or Breonna Taylor and others impact mm. us so much yeah. at the end of the day. That's why it's so deep. Because at the end of the day, they're our extended family. That, that could have been any one of the people that we know. That's right. That's why we grieve the same way, you know. Mm. And it's a real hard concept to describe to our white colleagues at the end of the day. We can't just get over it and move on at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Because, you know, you do it to one of us, you're doing it to all of us. Two, three, four days. Are we talking next week? Are we still talking about this? Are we still talking about this? Look, man, I I think it's time for us to, like, actually talk about, you know, like some of the models, you know, and stages, you know, of grief, you know, here. Because, you know, again, I know we spend a lot of time, you know, talking about our personal experiences. And I know some people, oh, they just sensitive. Oh, you know, really can't be that bad. I don't know how close some people are to their family members. But we close in my family. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Look, I look at your mama like she my mama. She, I know. That's you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. She did. Hey, she was like, now how come I'm not coming over to your house this right. time? I'm like, oh, Lord, let me clean up before she get here. Before Miss Phyllis get here, let me get my stuff together. But as I reflect on, you know, like what we've been talking about so far, I'm thinking back to our episodes where we talked about mental health. Mm-hmm. Death is one of the biggest traumatic events that many of us have to deal with, yet we rarely talk about yeah, it. we sure man. don't. We I mean, sure that, that's why we're talking about that's it today. Right. That's like why we, we're talking about We're it. normalizing this in terms of talking about it. And we re- and we and we certainly don't give people space to be able to grieve appropriately. Yeah, not at all. Right? Not so, at all. So we're going to get just a little scientific on you and and talk a little um, about some, uh, some popular models of grief. So, KP, just kick us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of those popular models is the five stages of grief that was created by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who's the co-author of the book on death and dying. And in the book, the authors describe five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And these stages apply both to the person who is on the verge of death and Mm -hmm. to those that are left behind, right? And those stages don't necessarily, they don't happen literally. They don't happen in that order Mm -hmm. all the time or anything like that. They don't have set durations. And you may go through several cycles of one or more of those stages along the way as you're grieving the loss of a loved one. And I can remember like when my dad was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer Mm -hmm. and he was given four to six weeks to live, right? I was in total denial and shock out of the gates because it was just like, where the hell did this just come from? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was literally like everything's been cool. And now I'm getting a phone call saying, got four to six weeks to live. Mm-hmm. I got stage four lung cancer. Right. And then it quickly went to anger because, you know, I knew he, was a, he smoked one or two packs of cigarettes a day. So it was like, mm-hmm. okay. You know, in my brain is like, okay, that makes sense why you got lung cancer. But <laughs> there yeah. should have been more signs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. along the way, too. So I'm mad at him and mad at the fact that there weren't more signs earlier so right, that we right, could right. actually catch this mm-hmm. and do something about it, right? But I was lucky, you know, for the fact that my dad stayed around. So he was with us for seven months, actually, as opposed to that four to six weeks. So I had a point to kind of get get a point to, like, process it right, a right. little bit and mm-hmm. know it was coming. But, you know, the cycle started all over again when he passed, right? Because when he passed, I quickly realized again that I was in a state of denial. I was right Mm -hmm. back at the beginning again because 
during that seven months, we really never talked about finances. Right, right. We never really talked about, you know, funeral arrangements. It was just kind of like, we just going to keep on going like right, nothing's right, really right. happening uh-huh. here at the end of the day. So it became another set of surprises and unexpected expenses and stuff. Combined with the fact that I had to be the rock and the planner and all those things for that for the family in that moment when it actually did happen, yeah. yeah. So it's just you know, so yeah. it's just crazy. Those those grief cycles just kept coming. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that kind of just makes me think about it because I mean, look, we, when when my dad was uh, uh, sick a couple years ago, you and I we we, we talked about it like yeah. it's like. I mean, I think when when my dad actually got sick, we were we postponed even yes. coming out with the podcast. Yeah, we like, sure did. You we know, sure we ended did. up like recording from 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 his house from Oklahoma, you know, from Oklahoma yep, right? Sure but you know, you think about it like my dad had a major life event, like a heart attack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he wasn't supposed to be here. So, like, literally, I thought I was going home for a few days, home me in Oklahoma. Yes. I had two suits. Mm-hmm. I had a few pair of pants and some shorts and i ended up being there for what three months yeah you were there a long time and he ends up surviving and he lives for a year after that but Mm -hmm. to that point i took that opportunity to now uncover Uncover. what those finances looked like you know to try to figure out some of the entanglements you know what i'm saying like all of those things but you know again but when he actually passed away that still was pretty rough you know for me but you know man i so I, I that that stuff means a lot, you know, mm-hmm. as you as you're saying it. But another version of of these stages of grief of the the stages of grief model was co-founded by Murphy Parks, and he describes the four stages of grief, you know, as shock and numbness, yearning and searching, disorganization and despair, and reorganization and gaining a new identity. Mm. So look, I can definitely relate to a few of these, mm-hmm. but one of these stages really like you know stands true for me is when i recently lost my mom you know like my own mom like we're talking about right i mean this was weeks ago basically i was probably more engulfed in the shock and numbness you know of it all because we know that we as much as we know that death is inevitable oh yeah like it's gonna happen to all of us Mm -hmm. right but it's even worse when it's unexpected yeah yeah. like when you don't have Have, a chance the chance to like make amends or be ready for it. Yeah. When you don't have that stuff, right? Like in my case, look, I was out to dinner on a work trip when I received a phone call that my mom was unresponsive and had suffered like a medical event. I didn't know what the event was. was or anything. I didn't know any of that, but you know, so I didn't really have much more information as she was in the ambulance and on her way to the hospital. Like my niece is calling me saying, Hey, uncle, grandma, you know, such and such. Other. Mm. In my mind, I'm like, well, why they call you? Like, yeah, I don't, you know, exactly. you know I protect the kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why they call you? So she was jacked up over there. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to tell her, it's going to be okay. Yeah. She in the ambulance. She in the, best, she, 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 in the best, she in the best place. Yep, yep. So, and she was like, no, nah, uncle, I, this is, I think this is serious. You know, this, that, and the other. So, 30, so I go back into, uh, you know, like, so, I, like I'm talking to my niece. I'm heading to dinner. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes later, like my sister calls me and says, hey, mom didn't make it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I'm like, man. This, you didn't even this, register. This, this strong ass chick? Like she mm-hmm. didn't make it? Like, nah. They, like I'm like, she, you yeah. playing. You messing around. Mm-hmm. Like I literally, we're talking about like, you know, like these stages and kind of being in shock and numbness. Yeah. I go back in and, and try to finish my dinner. You you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like I'm, yep. Yep. I'm in a fog. You're in like, a fog. Like uh. I'm thinking to myself like, damn, mom, mom ain't here no more. Because mm-hmm. I literally talked to her like the day before. Yeah, you know what yep. I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we shoot the shit all the time. So we, when you fast forward, you know, I go, I go back to the hotel room. 
And that's when I realized, like, you know, I really was in shock, yeah. right? Because I went to the hotel room and I, and I was still trying to like process yeah. it all. I sent a few messages to people mm-hmm. close to me. I sent you yep. one too. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that my mom had passed away and I was just going, I didn't feel like speaking, yep. Yep. you know, right now, but mm-hmm. just give me a minute because I'm still trying to process it. I fly back to, to the Bay Area the next day. A couple of days later, I fly back to Oklahoma mm-hmm. and I went into immediate work mode. Yeah. Right. Yep. Worked with my brother and my sister to plan a funeral. Buried my mom seven to eight days later. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then it was time to work through the entanglements that we were that we were still trying to uh, trying to get through. Then it was back to work. Back to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and right. I'm sure the grieving will come soon. Mm-hmm. More than likely at an unexpected moment in time. So. I, uh, you know, I attest that these stages resonate oh so well with me. Oh, yeah. And I'm positive that the people that I know who have responsibilities mm-hmm. like you and I do, Keith, yeah. like it will catch them. Yeah. You yeah. know, at some, yeah. at, so, at some point, at some point, you're absolutely right. And the impact of all of this, you know, as I think about our conversation here, you know, the loss in the black community, you know, it can have physical and mental and financial impacts that just aren't experienced by other folks at the end of the day, because that was a lot of static in what we just talked about yeah. at the end of the day. And the impact of that stuff can be huge. Yeah. And look, the moral to the story for me, Keith, man, is loss, grief, and bereavement impacts the black community in unique ways because of our individual experiences and our collective history, you know, as yeah. people. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's that village mentality too. Like you hurt one of us, you're hurting all of us. Man, we in, tough. In some some place. Yeah, we, we <laughs> but we, we still resilient. We, we have to be tough. Yeah. I mean, when you think about, and I'll try not to digress too much, but when they would back in the day when they would beat slaves or when they would do public lynchings, mm-hmm. they do that so everybody can look and see it. And then you supposed to go back and act like didn't shit happen. It didn't nothing happen. We're seeing public lynchings right now by the police by people who think they're doing the right thing is in trying to keep right. America great again and mm-hmm. you know all of that type of stuff. All that stuff. Well, we're supposed to go on back to work, man. Going back to work and yeah. not even think about it. <laughs> exactly. But look, again, we're not crazy, Keith, we because cuz cuz we're going to go through the section here when we talk about these receipts, yes. okay? And we're going to share some receipts on related that that are that are related to death and grief in the black community and in the workplace. So KP, just hit us with receipt number one. It proved to me that we are not crazy. There you go. I got something for you today, buddy. <laughs> so receipt number one, according to a study by the University of Arizona researchers, health disparities in the black community are well documented, but the emotional toll on black Americans can be greater because they tend to lose loved ones more frequently and at younger ages. Mm-hmm. And so experiencing grief more often and early in life may be accompanied by additional physical and mental health challenges, such as increased inflammation, high blood pressure, mm-hmm. lower immunity, cardiovascular problems, difficulty sleeping, and unhealthy coping mechanisms. So this all is like it piles on each other, you know, a- as we go along. And you start to think about this like as healthy as we try to be. Yeah. They didn't name a couple of issues that I got right now. Oh, yeah. You, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. they didn't, I mean, I know several people who have a lot of weight, yes. you know, on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And again, we're talking about being born in this, having this inherently in your DNA. Absolutely. Right? And, the, and, and surrounding factors mm-hmm. that 
further exasperate, you know, some of these these issues. Yeah. And that frequency and and earlier yeah. really messed with my mind because when you really think about it, it's true. Yeah. And you got a bereavement policy in place that says you get three days a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happens if you got Right, right. I mean, de- death ain't on the calendar. Like <laughs> I, I, calendar. I was looking on my calendar and I didn't see. I ain't see that. Mama one. gonna pass away on August the thirty first. Right. I didn't. I didn't, I see, didn't that. see that. You know, I didn't see that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Look, receipt number two. That same University of Arizona study went on to talk about collective loss as well. I mean, it stated that while personal loss is more of an individual experience, collective loss is more of an experience that happens communally. Okay. The George Floyd murder is a good example of that. It was a personal loss for his immediate family and friends, but it was also a collective loss in that many black Americans looked at George Floyd as someone who could be their uncle, could be their brother, or could actually be them. Yep. That's communal. That's communal. Every single, you know, every time there's a murder or something that happens on TV and you hear about it, it hits that way. Yeah. I mean, think, (laughs) think about it. Like we're talking about, Trayvon Martin. Yeah, and remember the, when Barack said Trayvon could have been my son and yeah. white people lost their damn mind? Yes, yes. We understood exactly what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, <laughs> it I mean just, me. j- just, just the fear of when you have kids or close relatives to you that want to just hang out like their friends do, like their white friends do, mm-hmm. carefree. Yes. You got to give them the talk, and you're like, hey, you're not like them. You can't do this. You can't do You know, it. I mean... Those are because when something happens to one of us, mm-hmm. it happens to all, all of, of us. us. That's right. Okay. That's I mean, right. so again, we're talking about this grief that impacts us all. Yes. And receipt number three, this receipt comes from a blog by Nakia Okona, who's the author of a book entitled Self Care for Grief. And in this blog that I was reading, she writes, quote, Grief requires tenderness. Mm-hmm. And as black people, being rough or careless with our grief is more of the same indoctrination from Western culture and society. Trying to survive in this capitalistic society teaches us that we should not value stillness or rest. And racism always gives us a reason to be aggrieved and to fight for our humanity to be acknowledged and validated. It then becomes necessary to have the courage to look at our grief and recognize for what it is. Not a nuisance to be forgotten over quickly as possible, but as a force that will forever change us. That's deep. That's deep. Right? That's deep, man. Yeah. Right. Because we've all been indoctrinated to let's get over it yeah. and move on. Yeah. And don't still, take the time. You still talking about that? Still talking about it. You didn't, I mean, I mean, That's right. you didn't cry at the funeral? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's over with. Oh, oh, you're so right. It's over with. That's right. But it changes us. Forever. It changes us. Yeah. I mean, if you've, if you've lost, you know, a parent or someone that, that's this close to you, I mean, you still think about that. Like, I mean, yep. I, I'm tripping because I still have messages from my dad calling me on my birthday or messages mm-hmm. from my mom clowning me about yeah, something so, like, like, cause you know, we had a good time. Like you don't have that no more. Like that's going to change right. you forever. It's going to change you forever. Yeah. That's right. That's going to change that's you right. forever. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? And look, the final receipt, number four here, according to the Society of Human Resources Management, SHRM, the average HR policy grants between one to five days of bereavement. The most popular policy is three days. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three days. Sherm found most employers offer four days for death of a spouse or a child, three days for the death of other family members like a sibling or a parent, one day 
for an extended family member like an aunt or a cousin and zero days for a friend or a colleague. Now, look, Mm. we barely (laughs) offer grief counseling at the job. Exactly. Barely. Yeah, you're lucky if you got it. It's yeah. buried in the EAP program. Right, right. It, right? It, exactly. <laughs> and if you need some additional grief, you better tap into your own resources that mm-hmm. we're going to offer to you at a discounted rate. Mm-hmm. But I'll be damned if you need some more time off. <laughs> Ain't happening. <laughs> you know Ain't happening. I need that report. Yeah, yeah. I need that TPS That's right. report. I need you at that retreat tomorrow. Yeah, and I'm going to need you to have a lot of flair on you. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I'm going to need you to wear your flair. That's you right. Know? We got but, that but, big board presentation but, tomorrow. But again, KP, like... This is like the reality. I mean, we're not making this up. No, okay? not at all. And we're talking about not just bereavement policy for black people or brown people. We're talking yeah, about for everybody. For everybody. But we're talking about grief impacts some people differently, differently. than others. That's right. And we're talking about historical impacts. Yes. We're talking about worldwide things, you mm-hmm. know, happening at an unprecedented level that impacts people more. So what we're saying is... We're not making this up. We're not making it up. <laughs> you know? We didn't so, make it up. So, so so look, KP, I mean, we didn't talk about our experiences. We didn't give some receipts. So I think we've proven yeah. that we're not crazy and there's a reason why we're talking about this. Yep. But this part of the show right here, we're going to just navigate into the solutions, mm-hmm. okay, into the secrets. So we today like we'll provide a double dose of secrets on how to personally respond to loss as it relates to work and what companies can do to create more humane policies and practices for its employees dealing with grief. Personally, here are three secrets to responding at work when you experience a loss. Number one, fight for your time. Number two, take your time. And number three, lean on your village. Yeah, and that's secret number one is a good one. Fight for your time. Just forget what your company bereavement policy says. Mm -hmm. You know, fight a little bit. Work with your boss. Work with your HR representative to get the time off that you actually need to be able to get the work done that you need to get done. And especially as a black person, we didn't talk about there's going to be a whole bunch of other stuff that you don't even know about yet that you're about to walk into. So make sure you get enough time to really take care of business and also help them understand your definition of family is not your definition of family. Yeah, My yeah, definition yeah, yeah, of family yeah, yeah. is not necessarily exactly. your definition of family, right? And that's why you may need to go if an auntie dies or an uncle dies or somebody else has died who may be been a surrogate parent for you in some shape or form, right? So, and if your company doesn't understand, that's a data point for you, right? This yep. may not be the long-term relationship that you need to be in. And you just have that as a data point to consider as you move forward through your career. And and I would even urge you, Keith, even more than that, like, find. we talked about this before. When you need time off, go back to our episode when we talked about mental health, yep. right? If you need some FMLA, mm-hmm. get it. Okay, if you need some intermittent FMLA, get it. Okay, again, again, fight for, for advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, secret number two, take your time. I mean, really, we're talking about all of the stuff that needs to happen, all of these entanglements and all of these other things. That's right. At the end of the day, we've stated three to five days ain't enough time to do anything. That's right. That's right. You know, it's really not enough time to do anything. So take your time. Don't feel the pressure to get back, you know, at it too early. Through, like, all of this, like, the man is going to try to, like, push you back. He's going to try to, like, really, you know... Empathize with you for a quick second, but then be like, okay, it's time, to, it's time to get, you know, uh, cowboy up, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's right. Even when you come back to the office, take your time, right? That's right. Find moments to, to be still and relax 
and keep fighting for your time. If you need it, try to get a flexible schedule or remote working arrangements in place, you know, for a few months, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to take you time. Like when you think time. about staying awake all the time and not getting any sleep and then maybe mm-hmm. creating other health issues, you have to take, you, have to you know, it. the time that you need. That's right. And our last secret for you personally is lean on your village. You know, in times of grief, your village can be your rock. You know, they'll give you kind of that sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. They'll also give you some grace. Right. At the end of the day, it's like, look, back off. Yep. You know, <laughs> he's going through some shit right now and just let it let it be. It's not a big deal, you know. So, you know, we'll give you that space and grace and that sense of normalcy that you need to kind of recover and, and move on. Yeah. And, look, and, and I can attest to, look, I know I owe <laughs> a whole bunch of my friends and family in the village some return text messages. Some of y'all that <laughs> called me, sent flowers, sent food. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get back to you, but I appreciate Mm -hmm. that that, that y'all are giving me, you know, that time. I can lean on my village. I I, I don't even know who sent out messages and told everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, what was going on. But I appreciate it because I didn't have the time or the the strength, strength. you know, to even do that. So, so, so again, these are some very, very practical secrets that you can do personally. Mm -hmm. But again, as we're talking about those, those, those secrets, now here are three secrets on what companies can do to create more humane policies and practices for its employees dealing with grief. Now, again, these are some doozies because, you know, (laughs) at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do, okay? But we're trying to help you out here. So secret number one, expand your bereavement leave time period, okay? Just, we we know it's not enough time. That's right, it's not enough time. You know, and and as an HR professional, you have to advocate, you know, for the right thing here, right? There are very few people who can go through the four or five stages of grief in three days. Okay. It also needs to be more than three days in one year (laughs) that you can utilize bereavement, right? We shouldn't be punished for having more than one loss in a year. The receipts already showed that black people experience loss more frequently and earlier in life. Yep. I mean, we know this. Yes. Be, we, this we know this. This is, this is facts, it's right? Facts. We need more time to process. Companies like Meta have gone to 20 days of bereavement leave. As much as we want to talk about Meta, yeah, they got right. that right. They got that okay, right. Okay, they got that's that right. right. Got okay. That right. And again, Let's just follow their lead. Like you don't, I mean, I get it at the end of the day, but there's not one company that doesn't experience, that doesn't have an ex- employees that experience loss. That's right. No, do, the, do, 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 do the right thing. Do the right thing. Because I mean, if, if I am not, if y'all can't get stuff done with me being away for a little bit, then we need to talk about that. If I am a single point of <laughs> failure, failure. We need to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, there's an issue. <laughs> there's an issue. Secret number two for companies is expand your parameters of coverage for bereavement leave. You know, we've talked about how black communities define family. Mm-hmm. So bereavement leave should reflect that. It should encompass extended family, close friends, and other non-familial ties that you may have. Companies don't own who we call family. <laughs> right, <laughs> right? Right, right? Right. Nor the emotions and grief that we feel when somebody close to us leaves us, right? Mm-hmm. So we need that freedom and the trust, and that's the key part, to say, when we need bereavement leave. So I don't need you questioning me if I say my auntie such and such just passed away and I need to go. I don't need to explain to you why she's important to me. Right, exactly. I mean, when someone says 
I need to take bereavement. That's already tough enough yes, for him. So now exactly. I'm going to have to prove it to you and write an essay. And, and understand what that per, who that person yeah. is. And what did they actually do? So how many days did you actually stay with them? Right. Like, come on, man. Come Are we, on. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Look. So look, KP, the last secret here, man. Secret number three. Allow for flexible work arrangements upon return from bereavement leave. Allow for reduced hours or different hours. Allow for remote work. Allow for time for grief, like grief counseling. Mm-hmm. Like, don't pile the shit up and, and have it waiting on somebody when they get exactly. there. Exactly. Like, man. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need these 25 things yeah. by the end of the week. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, Welcome exactly. Back. Sorry for your loss. Yeah, sorry for <laughs> You got the flowers we sent, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Did it look good? Yeah, you got the flowers. Yeah, we really cared about you and everything, but like we're gonna really need them them reports when you when you get a chance, right? Yes. By the end of the week. But again, expand the policy in terms of flexibility for work arrangements. We've already proven over the last few years when companies were making record profits yes. that you can work remotely. You can work remotely. There's I no question about it. I understand the argument about collaboration. And I absolutely believe that collaboration is important, but there are certain situations where if Keith needs to be out, let it go. Don't 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 push that issue. That's right. Because what we don't want is Keith to be really upset and be disengaged. That's right. Or just leave. Yeah. All of those things matter. Because <laughs> right? it's gonna cost you money at the end of the day. So as we wrap up here, you can find more resources on the secrets and the receipts that we talked about today by going to our website, secrets.com, and looking in the show notes for this episode. Look, this has been a powerful episode, timely, you know, episode. Hopefully made the point of why companies need to be on code when it comes to loss and grieving. Look, we've been dealing with it, you know, ourselves, right? Still dealing with it. Mm. We need to do better. As we wrap up, we want to thank our Secrets Village for your support. I want to thank you all for reaching out to me during my loss Mm -hmm. and, and all of that. It means so much, and I will get back to every one of you. We can't do any of this, you know, without you we're trying to blow it up in 2023 it's almost over we got a few months left in 2023 we want to we want to get we want to get wild with this right right. so you can help us out by just telling five friends to listen join you know our linkedin group and writing a review on apple or spotify also get some of that gear Mm -hmm. okay it's about to start getting cold out here get you one of them sweatshirts yes please do Please do. And the coin meter is spinning. In fact, we just added some new coin to the meter yeah. today. We sure did. As a matter of fact. So we, we sure have got one of our girls hooked up. Yep. All you got to do is go listen to some previous episodes right, and, right, and get right. some tips at the end of the day. But we don't want you to do just that, right? Because if you've been putting off coaching, stop it. Yeah. It's time to invest in yourself and tell a friend, too. And if you want... You know, if you want help negotiating that salary, negotiate that severance package, revising your resume, getting your LinkedIn tight, just book an hour with us. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll tell you. You can just book an hour to talk about some of that, or you can book a package. We're ready for you because I tr- trust me, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. We're going to hook you up. You, you, you got to invest in you. You got to okay, invest in you yourself. Do it. So, look, we're going to get on cold by filling these cups back up and producing some more hot fire for you. So, Secrets Village. We really, really sincerely appreciate it. We sure you. do. Sure Thank do. you for tuning in to Secrets. And remember, when we share, you transform. Peace, everybody. Out. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Secrets. If you are motivated and excited about being a part of the Secrets Village after listening to Keith and Ricky, please show these brothers some love by spreading the word to people that you know need this knowledge. Until next time, cheers.